Hello there folks, Mark Kenyon here with Wired to Hunt, and we are back today for the audio version of the 100% Wild Podcast, and our guest in this episode is the one and only Coondog, and if you're not familiar, Coondog is an absolutely hilarious member of the Drury Outdoors team, and in this episode we kick back for story time with this character, and the results are pretty darn funny, so I hope you guys enjoy this one, it is a more relaxed episode, but I think a lot of fun, so Enjoy as we share some of our favorite stories between myself, Matt Drury, and Coondog. All right, welcome back to another episode of the 100% Wild Podcast. I'm Mark Kenyon with Wired to Hunt. I'm Matt Drury with Drury Outdoors. I'm Coondog. <laughs> <laughs> and we we had Coondog on for a past episode. We answered a listener, submitted questions, yes. and we just had so much fun with that we did. that we thought we just need to talk some more, share yeah. some stories laugh a little bit that's right i mean at the end of the day if you're having fun why not do more right that's <laughs> so, correct well that's what it's all about and so. coondog that's the beauty of coondog like no matter <clears throat> when you have him in camp we always have a good time together and we have a you know it's it's i think it, it reminds me of what i felt like hunting always should be about and so growing up in it it was a little different for me because it, there was always that camera aspect of it, it was always never hunted without a camera guy of course, in the early years, it was always dad. And it was a lot of stress because in those days, that was when they were starting. You know, that was when they were trying to get the company off the ground and they were stressed. And it didn't necessarily make hunting fun. Um, but later in life, when I circled back around to it and, and, and started hunting again after I worked for him for a little bit after college and coming to camps and being around guys like Coondog is what made me ultimately want to get back into hunting because it's like this is fun this is a good time man I've never we were never really a part of those experiences in the early days when I was doing it with just dad so um, I definitely credit guys like Coondog and Yapper and Comstock and Kilmer they kind of, these are our staple of guys that, that are always at dad's or marks or and just makes it fun and so uh that's kind of what today's all about right hunting stories good memories that's that is what it's all about yeah so it's a little today's a little different we don't really necessarily have a question of the day from any of the viewers but uh we just we thought we had to take this opportunity and and share some more of these stories right yeah but my little story is going to be a hurt my feelings story uh oh well, well let's just we let's just start right a, there it's from a guy from across the table right here oh matt <laughs> matt he hurt my feelings what'd one you night. do well, I'm a t-shirt guy. Every turkey camp, I'd make up a t-shirt. I mean, every year, every yeah. season had a new theme. St. Louis Cardinals, whatever it might be. When you, I'm Elvis. Big, I'm a big Elvis, Elvis fan. Elvis, okay. margarita. Yeah, so on the back of this shirt, I had a, had a margarita glass with Elvis in it. And I gave Matt his shirt, and he goes, oh, Gumby. <laughs> and I was like, no, Elvis. <laughs> Didn't Come look on, like man. Gumby. <laughs> hurt my feelings. I worked real hard at that. Yeah. So, well, so at some point, you and I connected, and I started giving you our our guy that does our T-shirts. Definitely. And, and that helped out. Oh, a lot, bit. yeah. That improved the quality a little yeah. bit. Oh, little bit. real good. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's part of it. Camp, like, uh, that was part of the fun of going to camp. It was a tradition. Coondog yeah. handing out these T-shirts to all of us. That's Drew awesome. names, who yeah. we were going to hunt with. yeah. Everybody wanted to hunt with Mark, and he always drew Mark. I think he cheated. <laughs> and those first few years, I definitely I hunted with Mark opening day. Bam. It was before Taylor was starting to hunt with us. 
good point. I don't, I don't get it. Opening day with Mark. You, if you hunted opening day with Mark, you were killing off the roost off the every roost. time. <laughs> yep. That's one good thing about Taylor was she don't want to get up in the morning. You get, someone takes <laughs> advantage of it. Yeah. I can kill Taylor's bird. I always tell Taylor, thanks for your bird. She goes, no problem. Let me sleep. Because <laughs> in Iowa, obviously, they get they can hunt all, all day. Yeah. So she takes advantage of those afternoon hunts that's quite right. a bit. I'll hunt later. <laughs> it's like worked out well for her. That's been a long trend for her, hasn't it? Deer and turkeys and everything. Yeah, I don't see it. Yeah. I don't see the trend changing either. Yeah. Is she still not doing mornings too much? No. Even now? A little more now than ever. She's a little better about it now, yeah. But, if we get uh, a hot bird yeah. or oh, on several the roost. hot birds. Yeah, on the roost. And she goes she'll with get us up. to roost them, she'll get up in the morning. She gets yeah. excited. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's ready to go. Yeah. 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 That's and fun. I, and that's what I miss about our, our core turkey get-together because we always used to be at one camp. Well, we're split up a little bit now because we got different things we're doing. Yeah. Trying to do live hunts and yep. stuff like that. Yep. So. You know, it's you know, it all works together. You know, they got Kilmer and Comstock. I feel sorry for Matt and Terry. <laughs> you know, we got Wade, Taylor, myself, and Mark. So you know, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's pretty real good. Crew. It's a good time. Good time. Yeah, that camp atmosphere there is pretty special. Like we just did a shed hunting camp in Iowa, and there was a group of like eight or nine of my best hunting buddies, and we all camped out there. And um, you know, we, like like we just said in one of the past episodes, we didn't find junk for sheds. Right. But we were crying laughing. Yeah. I mean, like, almost every day, all night, we are laughing and telling stories. And, I mean, and we, we've got a group text message still going now. Well, we have it, like, all year round. And it's just, like, endless one-liners from little stories. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. like, do you remember this one time? Or, I mean, it's just those moments with, with buddies related to hunting is what I think makes it so right. great. Yeah. yeah. And you need to treat every day like it could be your last. Yeah. Serious. I mean, you got to enjoy your friends, your family. I mean, it's it's very important. And the DOD family, it don't get no tighter. Yeah. It's, it's tight. pretty pretty tight in it. Yes. We treat our Drury Outdoors team just like we do our actual family, like yes. they are family. And so 100%. it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it makes it a little more special. Because a lot of these guys have been with us, you know, 10, 15 years plus. Yeah. So... So speaking of family, family usually have embarrassing stories about each other. Yeah. Has do you know anything, Coondog, embarrassing about Matt? Anything <laughs> oh, really? Oh yes, any? I was with him on his first turkey hunt. How'd that go? Up at Barry's. He was, as a matter of fact, he was with uh, Jim Howe. Yeah, my first hunt, my first turkey hunt, um, working at Drury Outdoors. Yes. yes. Yeah. It was so funny because the turkey was flopping. So Matt and Jim ran up to the turkey and was trying to get it. It's flopping there, trying to step on its head, and they're reaching for it. And me and Terry were just laughing so hard watching these two monkeys trying to grab that turkey. Jim Howell's one of our editors uh-huh. as well. So, you know, we, this that's the only time we've ever done this in the whole company's history, I think. But every editor, and when? they were not hunters. I was the only one that had any hunting experience. Jim went and got his hunter safety card, and then the two other editors videoed the hunts. Or whatever, with us, along with all the professionals, Mark so and So a bunch of editors who haven't hunted before. Yeah, oh, all of them. <laughs> and it, it was very entertaining. We still got, I still got over in our um, our break room, we have a, a picture frame with a bunch of pictures from that that awesome. hunt. And it was it was a good time. It was, was interesting. And they got to see why we enjoy it so much. And I'm sure we fried up some turkey breast and yeah. and all fish. that good stuff. Yeah, fish. and But it was it was fun. But um, probably one of my funniest stories would be hunting with Uncle Mark when I was a young kid, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna kill me. <laughs> oh, I want to hear it. So <laughs> we used to always I think he used to always get like a uh, YooHoo in the morning, like little Debbie and a YooHoo or something like that. We were at the gas station, and got something to. I think we were up at um, 
were Tad Brown. So like Chillicothe, Chillicothe probably, yep. right? And um, Dad was there. And Tad Brown was a longtime friend and, and uh, worked at Mad Calls forever. Um, he's no longer with them. I think he works at uh, is it Hunter Specialties. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, so anyway, so he always had the celebrity hunt. It was a turkey hunt. And um, there's there's several stories about this this celebrity turkey hunt. But one year, so dad, mom, and I would always, because it was like a chance for mom and I to get to go up there. We'd stay in a little motel there. And, and uh, Mark was taking me hunting one morning. And so we got out there and, we, you know, we were, as I can remember, and I was little. And as I remember it, you know, he was uh, trying to, to get a uh, something, something to shot gobble off the roost, and we weren't having much luck. And it was pitch black, and it was, you know, early in the morning. And, and I'll say he told me to <laughs> stay here, stand in this spot, don't move. And I, I couldn't have been maybe eight, nine, somewhere in there, eight, nine years old. He said, don't move. I'll be right back. <laughs> he left, and I swear to you, he didn't come back for an hour. It felt like, and uh, I never knew this until years later that he had a an, an issue, an accident, <laughs> and, and he was having trouble uh, getting getting cleaned up from that issue. <laughs> So, so we can publish this to the world. Yeah, so he comes back. He comes back. No, the joke's on me ultimately because he comes back finally, and it's you know we get on a bird and we go <laughs> to a tree and we get sit lean against the tree oh. and uh, I'm sitting in his lap <laughs> and I didn't know any of this. So the joke's on me, right? But it's uh, you know oh. there's a there's a there's a much more graphic version. <laughs> I could go on today as well. That's that's one of the classics, and then that same oh, that wow. same celebrity turkey hunt, they did it every year for the longest time, and they had um, the only guy I ever really remember. Well, w- Wilford Brumley um, was one of them, right? The old actor that was um, the what people our age probably know him for <laughs> di- the diabetes commercial. Diabetes. Googling it, who's that guy? Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, the guy from Seinfeld, Elaine's boss, he was there for a turkey. You know, he was a he was a um, soap actor at the time. That's oh. why he was a celebrity. This is before Seinfeld. Wow. And then Dad had the guy. You would pick names randomly, pick names, and these professional hunters like Dad and Mark and whoever they'd get teamed up with a celebrity and they'd have to go guide them. And there were rules and you got to be in by a certain time. And there was all these rules. Well, one year <clears throat> they uh, they couldn't find dad and his celebrity hunter and uh, i forget what his name was they didn't check in at check-in time or whatever they never showed up and that people are starting to get really worried and they start and it's a little bitty town that they were doing this in and because it wasn't chillicothe it was uh was it warsaw warsaw yeah yeah so i mean it's not a little bitty town but it's relatively small and everybody was involved in the celebrity hunt so they were getting super worried about dad and his celebrity hunter and i forget he was like an old time like he was an actor in the um you know like old uh cowboy movies and stuff like that like westerns you know he was a he was like a new john wayne really well that kind of guy and the guy dad said that the guy didn't want to hunt he woke up he's real he's kind of a crabby old guy or whatever and he didn't want to hunt and so dad suggested they 
go have a, a drink that morning. <laughs> and so everybody's looking for these two. Everybody is looking for these two, and they're worried something happened to them. Because this is before cell phones. Right. They had no right. way to check in unless they actually checked in. And so finally somebody asked Mark, Tad or Tad's wife, somebody asked Mark, where could Terry be? And they, he said, have you checked the bars? <laughs> and sure enough, this guy and dad were at the bar all morning on all day and never went hunting. And my mom, I was there with them. I, mom and I had went to the hunt, and they were asking mom where he was. And she got so upset with dad that we, she packed up and we left the hunt. Oh, I remember man. it vividly. It's one of those stories. I know I shouldn't tell this stuff, but it's one of those classic early. This is like early 90s, right? It's one of those classic uh, jury outdoor stories that usually only people inside the walls that's know right. about. But it's that that's one of the oh, classics. Man. I'll tell you what, one of my favorite stories that your Uncle Mark told. No, mm-hmm. well, yeah, mm-hmm. it was Mark who was telling, and I won't retell the whole story because it was one of our past episodes. But that one time he talked about how mad he got at Terry for not shooting that buck. Oh. No, it was that dad oh. got mad at Mark because Mark was telling dad to rattle and dad finally oh in the middle gosh. of the timber yeah. screamed <laughs> screamed at Mark they were in two separate trees he said if you got a problem with you want to rattle hot shot you rattle and Mark you know they were hotheads they were back then I mean they still got a little bit of that but they've cooled down a lot back then they were hotheads and uh, he said you, you want you got you want a piece of me you climb up this tree and Mark climbed down on his tree and climbed up Mark's tree <laughs> and, uh, and up, up Terry's tree and, and and Dad's like hey hey deer's coming and Mark climbed back down his tree and climbed back up his own tree and that's, that's how that story goes but that that deer they both said saved each other's lives but Oh, I know. It was a dad climbing up Mark's tree because Mark's plan was he was going to kick. That's what he was going to kick dad on his way up from the stand. <laughs> oh, that yeah. is rich. That is very yeah, rich. Yeah. And, yeah. And what is it all overall? Oh, what does it all come around to? It's hunting. It's yeah. yeah. Hunting. yeah. All these good memories yeah. is cause of hunting. Funny Co- stories. Funny Co- stories. Do you remember your first deer? Your first deer story? Uh, my first deer story. That The first deer I ever harvested? Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. Can we get to tell sure. us? Sure. It was on uh, public land. Uh, me and a couple buddies, roofing buddies back in construction. We went down there. We stayed in a little camper, and we went out that night. We got down there like at 8, 9 o'clock at night. We all grabbed our stands and hang-ons and whatever we had, whatever. So we go out in the woods, and we're out in the middle of the night tromping around looking for a good tree. Well, found a good tree. Climbed up it that next morning. Sitting there. Here come a deer. Ten-pointer. Shot it. Fell down. Ten pointer. Yeah, it was a ten pointer. Ah, not you know, just, just deer and a half ten pointer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I hear I kill this, shoot this deer. It falls on the ground. So I climb down, and all of a sudden after I shot it, somebody went, "Hey!" I was like, "Wow, what's that? Is that you?" I go, "Yeah, Dennis, is that you?" He goes, "Yeah, where yet? We were just on the opposite side of a cedar thicket, <laughs> maybe fifty yards." <laughs> so we get up there. Neither one of us ever killed a deer before. This deer's flopping around. Goes, "What do you think we ought to do?" I guess I better shoot it again. But I shot oh, it in the leg, no. and it finally ended up, you know, expiring. So I was happy. Then we're like, now what do we do? Yeah. Get in your little backpack, pull out the instructions, how to gut a deer. <laughs> 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 you know, that's what I mean. It's just uh, unbelievable from then till now. It's just, I don't know. How Come about you, away. Mark? 
My first deer I killed on a three-acre property that my that I grew up on. Parents like a kind of suburban little property neighborhood there, and I had like the it was either the day before or the morning of I had shot at a year and a half old four-pointer. This was the bow. I wanted my first deer ever to be a buck, so I passed on a lot of does and oh. um, I missed this four-pointer and stuck right into a little tree. So I wasn't feeling too good about that. And a few years earlier, I had actually seen a pretty good buck for Michigan. I was using a longbow. And, um, but we made a self, my mom wouldn't let us have a tree stand. So I always had to hunt <laughs> from the ground. And we made ground blinds out of ski poles with camouflage cloth stapled to it. Wow. And then I would just stomp that in around me and I would sit here next to a tree, tree behind me, the cloth in front of me. But each of these ski poles stuck up like this. So I see this nice buck, biggest buck I've ever seen in my life. It was maybe a two-year-old 10-pointer or 8-pointer or something. But that time it was like monstrous because yeah. I'd only ever seen a year-and-a-half-old bucks. Almost my entire life, that's all I ever saw growing <sighs> up. Um, so this deer comes walking out, and I remember drawing back and then following along as he walked across in front of me. And I'm following the, the arrows on the rest like this, and I'm back. And as I'm scanning, moving forward, that arrow hits the ski pole, <laughs> clanks off, oh, deer nice. runs off. So this is what had been leading up to the first deer. Had missed that earlier today, and now today, I don't know. It was sometime in the afternoon, and again, suburbia, little property, neighborhood. And again, I'm sitting in the ground, and I don't remember exactly what I saw first, but I think I remember seeing this white flash coming towards me. And I got all pumped up, and finally something good's going to happen, and I'm shaking, and I'm watching, and I'm hearing the crash, crash, flash away, yeah. and crash, crash, and here comes a dog. <laughs> white dog comes running in front of me, and then two people, husband and wife, oh, great. Right? Oh. and they come tromping along, and they're talking, and the dog's running, and I'm mad. Like, this is my mom and dad's three acres. Yeah. So I get out with my bow and all my camera. I'm storming over these people. I'm like, you know, this is private property, blah, blah. And then they tell me, no, there's, like, some easement, blah, blah. <laughs> I get in an argument with them. <laughs> But whatever, they end up turning around, I go back, and I'm fuming and sitting in my blind all bummed out, and hunt's ruined, and it's like just before dark, I'm like, I'm going to rattle. At this time, I had no idea what I was doing. Why not? But, well, why not? Why I, not? I had a little rattling I've bag. I've seen it on a video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw those Drury guys yeah. do it. It worked for them. So yeah. I'm like crashing the rattling bag together, and lo and behold, like two minutes later, here comes that little four-pointer again. Huh. And then right behind him, what I thought was a pretty nice buck, a little six-pointer. Yeah. You're yeah. half old right behind him. And uh, it was one of those kind of blackout in the moment. Yeah. Next thing I know, I'd shot it, and it ran off and disappeared. And I was to so excited. Yard. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was so excited. I went running back up the hill up to Mom and Dad's house. And I remember telling my dad, and, um, I, sh I was so excited. And all they could think about was, oh, geez, it probably got in the neighbor's yard. Don't go down there with a flashlight after dark to find it. We don't want it. And I'm like, oh, man. So I ended up finding it. Yeah. It wasn't in someone's yard. But uh, that was the first one. A little cool. year and a half old. But it was awesome. With a longbow? Uh, no, that was a compound. compound. That was a compound by then. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yes, What's so yours? Well, mine's on video. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. It's on the original Dream Season title, which was on VHS uh, only back then. I think it was 96. I was 15. Yep. And I had hunted with dad for five, four, five, six years and never kill. I mean, we weren't trying to kill a buck. We were kill whatever. I was just trying to get my first deer, gun or bow. We hunted gun, bow, whatever. Uh, no luck ever. I mean, we had some horror stories. Back then, they didn't have any, you know, they, didn't, they knocked on doors and, you know, leased land or if they could. A lot of it was, you know, behind our house. 
which we dad's got 24 acres there uh, in Bloomsdale. And, you know, so we're, we're hunting in Illinois, in Pike County. And <clears throat> a lot has led up to, I mean, it's five, six years. Like I said, this is, it's been a long time coming. And go, going, you know, on trips with him and never had, never saw anything. I mean, we just didn't have any kind of luck. And finally, we're in a spot, we're in a tree that I believe 10 days earlier, he had killed the biggest buck of his life to that point. It was 153-inch uh, whitetail there in Illinois with his bow. And it was like a 40-acre piece or 60-something like that. It was a small, relatively small track, but it was the right piece. And he was filming me, and um, it was getting dark, and I'll you know, steps a, steps a buck and I'm archery. I'm hunting with a bow. And it was a bow that was handed down to me from a good friend, uh, Billy Carl, who, um, passed away about three years after that tragically in a car wreck. And I mean, a, like a brother to me and it was his bow. And I, I don't even remember what, I'm sure the bow is still at dad's house, but <clears throat> I don't remember what kind of bow, like a high country or something like that. I don't remember what kind of bow it was, but back then it didn't matter. Um, so the deer stepped out and it was dark and dad's not the best camera guy to begin with. And it was out of focus, but <laughs> it's on camera. It was before nocturnals and Luminox yes. and all that stuff, but you get the gist of what happened, <laughs> but it was 120 inch, um, buck. Wow. And it's, it's still on my wall of all the deer, you know, that I've shot and that's not the biggest by any means, but it's, I got a full shoulder mount of it and it's in my office and the mounts, the original mount still, but, uh, the funny part about the story. So back then, I don't know why he felt the need, but we had to make it as if I was out there hunting on my own <laughs> and he was filming me, you know, but it was this big, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to walk up to the truck and it was, it was spitting rain. I remember vividly because we, because the shot, because it was getting dark and the camera light back then camera light was dark well before it was you you know it's dark visually and so oh. and it was out of focus we didn't know where i hit it and um so the idea was that he was going to be in front of his truck the headlights are on the camera's pointing there and i walk into the scene like he's messing with his backpack <laughs> and i walk into the scene and he goes where you been <laughs> And I said, I shot one and I'm 15 and I suck at acting, you know, and it's, and it's so cheesy. And I'm, you know, it's like, you know, you feel awkward as a teenager. Yeah, like right. it wasn't like Taylor, Taylor's always been so good on camera. Wasn't like that. I sucked on camera, you know, always sucked on camera. And uh, so I'm like, he's like, where you been? I'm like, I shot one dad. <laughs> so this is when we react, reenact all this stuff or whatever. And it's kind of spitting rain and. Um, I'll never forget it because Yapper, Mike Joggers, who's been a longtime team member, he's a, one, my dad's best friend from high school. And he's never in front of the camera. He's always running the camera. So you very rarely see him on our videos and stuff. But he's been, he's been in there. And um, Tad Brown. And I don't know how or why those guys were there or if they came up. That part I don't remember. But they, they were there. And we tracked that deer together. 
and um, the conditions, it was starting to rain, so it forced us to go in ahead of time. I mean, usually we would have wait, backed out and just waited till morning, but they were afraid that we would lose any blood trail we might have. So we went in, and, and we had these common lanterns and everything, and I'll never forget that moment of seeing him on the ground and us walking up on him. In the excitement, I didn't know what I had done, right? I knew it was a long time to that point. All oh, a lot of hunts to get to that point, like yeah. six, five, six years worth. And I'll never forget kind of this group hug because Yapper had watched me grow up. Tad had practically watched me grow up. And um, they knew how hard it was and how long it took us. And I'll never forget that moment of the four of us finding that deer together and, and the experience. And that night after um, we gutted the deer and, and Yapper – cut my shirt tail and he put some blood on my cheek i'll never forget it and after that we went to pizza hut there and probably was pittsfield i'd say yep we went into pizza hut and um ate pizza late that night you know as a 15 year old that's you know we were a man i felt like i was a man and they you know we got a couple pitchers of beer they were drinking some beer and um, the next day, we went over to Harple, uh, Heartland Lodge, which at that time we were affiliated with, um, and Stan Potts was there. He was the head guide there, I think, and at that time he was with Drury Outdoors. Uh, and, and we did a scene where we had it on the pole, the skinning pole, and Stan Potts walks up, and I thought, um, this guy, he was awesome. Like he, They treated Stan like he was a you know, celebrity because he was killing big deer back then mm-hmm. before a lot of people were. And um, I thought I was some kind of something because Stan Potts congratulated me. And I remember Charlie O'Brien was in camp. He was the old catcher, a yeah, major ball league player, yeah. ball player. He was in camp at Heartlands, and he had congratulated me. Like, stuff like that, I just, you'll That's never forget cool. it. Never forget never, it. And you I, never will. I never hunted again after that time until I was, <clears throat> it was 10 years. Yeah. Wow. I proved I did it. I proved I could do it, and yeah. I never hunted again. I went and chased women, and <laughs> drank some beers yeah. in college, and had yeah. a good time. But I came back to it, you know, yeah. and and it took a while. I worked for the company a couple of years before I ever hunted again. Yep, just editing. Yeah, yeah just editing and filming or whatever. Yeah. And and that turkey hunt that you talked about, that was my first hunt back. And then I deer back. hunted. We killed a doe. That Jim and I killed some doe. Two Gosh. both killed a doe that that fall. And um, the following year, I killed a buck. So, crazy. Memories. Yeah. And you're hooked again. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, now I I appreciate it so much more because working like we work and not getting out to – like, I cherish the moments when I get out. I know that at home she doesn't necessarily understand why I go because I never kill. (laughs) You know, on that lease, it's like, why are you – like, Uh oh, Matt didn't – no luck again tonight. You know, shocker. But I love going, you know. But it took me on my term to get back to that because before that it was always on Dad's terms and we were always lugging that camera and I hated that camera. I hated it. Because there were so many times where I felt like turkey hunting, deer hunting, it screwed us. Oh, it does. It does. And, and it's like, God, man, can't we just leave it back at the truck? But it, we couldn't. You no. know, they were building their company. And I get it now, but as a kid, it's hard yeah, to Yeah, I can see how that. that'd be tough. And I just, sure. you know, by the time Taylor came up through the ranks, we had we were pretty established and killing decent-sized deer. And it was just different. And she had, she had, uh, she was very blessed in the 
the opportunity to see deer and, and, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and kill deer at, at almost any time they'd go out, and it just wasn't that way. So it kind of ruined it for me with that camera, uh, and I just had to, I had to come back and want to experience yeah. it for my own self. Yeah. It's interesting to hear how all these different, ways of getting to the same place mm-hmm. we're all we're all sitting here now many years later ate up with it but we all have to start in our own way my wife always asked me if you weren't working there would you still do it and and i absolutely would do it oh yeah definitely. Yeah, i would still film it though i would still have a camera person with me because like that's the funnest part oh about it is it. sitting there talking to somebody enjoying a moment yeah because when, yeah, when something does happen if you turn around you ain't got nobody with you you're like oh i'm torn on that one like i've I've had both and i i I haven't been with a cameraman as much as you have like Mm -hmm. you're always with a cameraman yeah so i do like it is fun when i'm with a cameraman but at the same time i also sometimes just want to be by myself like i've had times where people offer to come film me and stuff i'm like "Ah, i'd rather just be i don't want i don't want to deal with another person or have to worry about them not being able to do what i want to do or when i want to do it or you know sometimes there's that ornery selfish just i want to do it my yeah, way no, yeah. i like that idea too i understand 100 that way when i miss nobody nobody knows. Sees <laughs> we always we know, know. <laughs> unless you erase the footage <laughs> we so, always know Dog, you, you got any other good missing stories or meltdown stories oh, missing. or Gosh, funny just so many well <clears throat> of course once with mark just the deer one night <laughs> and mark turned to the camera and goes if you ever want to rob a bank go to peebly if coondog's working because you're not going to get shot <laughs> and he did that uh, and, and then, then and we put it, it, it yeah it was on too and everybody seen it great of course mark. we put and i think the editors like made a funny <laughs> yeah like, they did a cop ed, yeah a cop yeah, yeah a cop <laughs> piece in there yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. camera be there uh, <laughs> but i miss so much it, they all blend together. Yeah, they all blend together. I think, I always think of those good reactions, though. You know, as much as the misses, it's just part of it. But those reactions when you actually oh, hit, hit your mark, you know, hit what you <laughs> aimed at, they they're so good because of all the struggle to get to that point. Yes. That's what I think people relate to the passion that comes out. Oh, and it's a, and you know, you, you hunt a whole week with Mark. And you sit there and watch deer, watch deer, watch deer, watch deer. Shooter, shooter. Oh, never mind. I know that deer. Oh, shooter, shooter, shooter. Oh, no, that one needs to get shot with the bow. Finally, I sat my gun down one night. I go, you just let me know when you want me to pull the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sitting there, and he's got another deer. Oh, yeah, it is. And then one night, we're hunting a bean field. He goes, doc, shooter. Oh, I don't know that deer. Go ahead and kill it. <laughs> <laughs> that was what? Uh, at the time, your largest buck, too, That right? one was, yes. 156? Three? Three, three I Something think. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. yep. Yeah, that that's one of those classic hunts. Yeah. That reaction, that was the one you referenced. Was it the one we were talking about? Yeah, yeah where yeah. you slumped down in the oh, blood. Yes. Like, I'm yes. stressed. Oh, I was stressed. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget it. I need. I'd, I'd like to watch that again right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I hit it. Oh, load it, load it, load it, load it. Then he starts screaming at you. Shoot again, shoot again. That's the one that Ugh. like reared up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's the one I shot in the liver. Okay. Hunched up and started walking away, and Mark's going. <laughs> that's right. The one that reared up, like snow came up. That's another one that, that I always Iowa, think about. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, that's the one we had right in front of us, and I couldn't get a shot because he's walking away from me. And Mark was over this side; and he could see it. He goes, "Are you kidding me?" I'm like, "I can't. I don't want to shoot. You know, you don't want to mess a deer up on Mark's farm." Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, pack your bags, go home. <laughs> yeah, it sounds rough. I'd be scared to hunt there. It, it, it's um, <laughs> it's just. Yeah, you know, he's a serious guy when it comes to his hunting. <laughs> yeah, he and, loves and, his deer. Yeah, he, he time in it. 
he's in a position he is in because of the way, way he that is. he is. Yeah. And so you just got to know going into it, it right. it's his place, and, and <clears throat> you better mind your P's and Q's. That's right. You'll roll in the cab, and he'll, okay, dog, here's your deer you can shoot. And I he's go, got, how am I going to remember this? He goes, you better take a picture of him. Yeah. So you're taking your phone, taking a picture of the deer. <laughs> so then deers come out, you're going, which one's it? <laughs> it, it, it in that regard, I'm sure it kind of makes it not – I mean, it's always a good time. And don't get me wrong, oh, but going to Mark's is a yeah. blast. Uh, you have fun when you're up there, but the hunting side of it, it's it could be stressful. I'm sure. I've never I've never hunted deer with him, but oh, turkeys plenty of time. It's fun. I love it. So a lot of people dream of that. Yeah, a lot of people would like die yeah. to go hunt. Yeah, they have nightmares yard. after one day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> but you wouldn't give it up for I the world. I would give it up. No. Yeah. Your dad. Your dad still owes me a buck. Good luck. Yeah, I know. That's what he said. (laughs) You know, you still because I used to have to shoot two doves to earn a buck. Oh, that's right. So we have we had a a deal where on our team, like every they get points for everything they do. Our subcontractors, okay, and 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 um, at the time we used to give away a hunt to top point earners, a hunt on Mark's farm or a hunt on Terry's farm or whatever, and um, uh, you know, so one year I guess you got the hunt, but. What, what was the deal? Why didn't you go? Uh, well, prior to that, I had uh, Mark and Terry used to allow me to shoot two does to help with their deer management. That's right. Okay. So I was over in Illinois on the Pike County farm, and I shot two does. And uh, we were over at turkey camp. I go, hey, don't you still owe me a buck? He goes, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want one now. <laughs> so, but it was fun. Yeah. Is there a rivalry between Mark and Terry at all with the deer they shoot or anything like that? I don't think so. It's so different. I'm sure internally they're always happy for each other. I'm sure internally there's a little bit of, you know, dad's because dad's been there every step of the way with Mark. But Mark made a conscious decision back in the 90s to move to Iowa in residency. And, I mean, he lives there. Yeah. And dad didn't. He decided to stay in Bloomsdale, and he has his farm. You know, at the time he had a farm in Illinois, and then he bought a farm. He sold that and bought his farm in North Missouri. And it's just different. They they have different hunting styles, but they have different herds completely. Completely. And it's not the same. I mean, we just cannot raise, you know, the deer that Mark does on his farm on dad's farm. It just can't happen. And it's partially due to neighbors it's partially due to road hunting it's partially rifle due state. to dogs it's partially due to, yeah. to to rifle state there's a lot of factors that factor into it but we can't grow on past four years old it just we he used to really try hard for to to focus on five-year-olds and older and we just can't get them to that if we pa- every deer i ever passed up there got killed by a neighbor every good deer that I ever passed got killed by a neighbor. And we finally got to that point, like most of America, where it's like, all right, we might need to pull back our standards a little a little bit. And so it made it. It's a 150-inch farm, you know, and that's a trophy up there. Mm-hmm. It's a trophy anywhere. Oh, heck but yeah. a 5-year-old, a 4-year-old 150 or 5-year-old 150 or 160 on Dad's place would be a 170 on, on Mark's yes. place of the same age class. It's a different subspecies all together i mean and it just it's different so you know they're happy for each other 
And I'm sure there's a little bit of dad wishing that he had those opportunities because they always talk about that evolution of a hunter. I've heard guys at Moss Yoke talk about this being a gamekeeper or whatever. It's, you know, you want to shoot a lot of, you know, you want to shoot one thing, then you want to shoot a lot of those one things, and then you want to bring somebody else into or you want to shoot the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Well, dad never, I feel like he's never gotten to get to his next evolution. Like he's almost having to skip over that evolution of getting after the biggest one. I, and he's never said that. This is just my take mm-hmm. on it because he loves his farm. He absolutely loves it. He could totally sell it, and he could get a return on his investment oh and move to somewhere else where he's got a better better situation. But he loves his place, so he's chose to stay there. And um, It's beautiful. It, it is. It is absolutely. Aaron Bennett says it all the time, and he's a Whitetail Properties guy, so he sees a lot of farms. He says that it is, hands down, the most beautiful farm in north missouri oh yeah and it is it's laid out great and dad likes the fact that he can get around easily on it and he's built enough box blinds on it at this point he's getting up in his age and it's comfortable for him yeah so where mark was never settling dad i think is kind of settled to a standpoint of he's okay with this caliber of yeah. deer it's what makes it and happy. it's not that he's any less of a hunter than no. mark it's just the circumstances that that he's on his own will decided to, to, to stick with. And so it's made the, the hunting opportunities what they are for him. Right. So I, I, that's what I attribute it. He's never said it that way to me, but I mean, you can, you can, I've been around him obviously my whole life. That's the way I would attribute it to. Interesting. Yeah. Not really a rivalry. No. Well, they both have great setups. It seems like, and yeah. to your point, and it comes down to something we talk about a lot, which is you have to hunt your own hunt. And you have to have your own goals and expectations for where you're at and your circumstances. And, you know, what makes Terry happy might be different than what makes Mark happy. And, you know, if Terry went into his hunting season every year thinking he had to shoot bucks like Mark because he sees Mark on TV doing it, well, then he certainly wouldn't be happy. He wouldn't shoot anything. Well, he wouldn't, yeah. (laughs) So we don't have him. (laughs) But because he knows what he's got there, and I'm sure he, he, as you said, he really likes the situation he has there. Yeah goes into the season knowing that his thing is always every year the last three four years is always making sure he harvests the most mature buck he has yeah right the the the, the biggest deer he's got on the place and he has done that every single year and he will hunt 60 days oh, to get yeah. that chance at that one and pass you know 20 140 class deer 150 class i mean he's to the point where he's passing you know 150 type deer because he's wanting just the oldest upper end deer he's got, and he's right. he's killed every one that he's had on his place. Wow. Um, they just usually only got one or two a year on his place, yeah. which is great, you know. Yeah. But he's got a you know a decent chunk of land to have only one or two. We talk about it a lot. He'll kill th- 20, 30 does a year typically, um, and he's done that for I think he's owned that farm thir- eleven years, twelve years. Long time. So he's done the managing side of it, but it has not helped the overall. Uh, antler growth or you know, we just cannot kill enough does <laughs> we cannot i mean he i bet if he killed 50 he'd have 100 the next year oh, it just yeah, cannot kill his his herd his carrying capacity is very high but the buck to toe ratio is so out of whack, so <laughs> whack. and it just wow. isn't um i don't know it's a it's a weird situation it's up there. tough that being said you could go if you bought that place as is you could go in there and you would kill trophy. I mean, it is set up. You could kill trophy deer every single year, but a, like a Booner or 170 class deer is going to be one every, you know, four or five. That's just the way it is. 
160 kind of seems to be the cap up there. Right. I'll take it. I would take, I'll <laughs> take it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, do we have any other good stories no, we man, need to share? I, it's we'll been cover fun. Cover some good ones. This Not, you know, one. no agenda, just kind of chatting. I've enjoyed people it too. People like that because they don't get to see or hear what we actually do in camp or what yeah. we see. You know, it's people like that side of us. If anybody heard that Mark story at the beginning, <laughs> don't tell him I said it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that one on the DL. <laughs> All right, well, we'll wrap this one up. Coondog, thanks so much for joining no, us thank again. Thank you guys for having me. Yep, this has been, been fun. Like, like we said earlier, we're gonna have to bring you in on some more of these. Yeah, Coondog's uh, a regular now. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, for everyone out there at home, thank you for listening. If you'd like to continue listening to the audio version on your phone, car, whatever it might be, you can go to iTunes or the podcast app on your iPhone, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere like that. Subscribe. You can submit your own question at wiredtohunt.com slash 100% wild. And Matt? You can always check us out. The video version of this podcast is on the Drury Outdoors YouTube channel. And uh, while you're there, please watch. We put up three, four different uh, new videos a week. So we're, we're really putting a lot of effort into the YouTube side of things. It's definitely the future where we want to be. It's totally replaced uh, DVDs for us, and uh, it's, it's pretty neat. So check it out. And as always, you can follow us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and juryoutdoors.com. Is there any recent coondog videos on YouTube that people can go check out? Oh, man, I'm trying to think. I know I'm pretty sure we did a throwback Thursday with one of those ones that we're talking about with the good reaction in the snow. Yeah, I need to find that. Yeah, it's up on YouTube. So uh, we do a throwback Thursday every week and and, uh, try to go back into the archives and get those good fun hunts. So, yeah, definitely check it out. We've got a good coon dog (laughs) one up there. Awesome. All right. Well, (laughs) (laughs) thank you, everyone, so much for joining us today. Peace. Have a good day.